0: And this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. I'm so excited to be partnering with Little World to bring you this episode of the podcast. Little World is a proudly New Zealand made organic, natural and safe skincare range. Bathtime beckons with Little World's attractive range of organic, 100% natural and dermatologically tested skincare products, specifically designed to suit the sensitive, delicate skins of very young and not so young. Cleansing products and face and body creams blended with active ingredients comprised of softening, calendula, restorative manuka honey, medicinal kawakawa leaf and protective joba, joba oil. Precious ingredients made for precious skin. Little world strive to do the right thing from their packaging to their products. Everything is sustainable, protecting your skin and the planet. In this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Evie about their birth story. So Evie has a beautiful little girl and she takes us through their really positive induction story because of the small growth that she was showing in her scans her breastfeeding experience, her postpartum recovery, and yeah, she covers a whole lot in her episode. So I'm really grateful to Evie for coming on the podcast and sharing her story with us. I hope you enjoy it. Another huge thank you to Little World for sponsoring this episode and let's jump into it. Hi Evie, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, my name's Evie, um, and I run a company called Yeti Bath & Body um, with my sister. Um, so we do lots of bath products, uh, mainly body scrubs and bath salts, bath bombs. Um, and then there's my husband, Jamie. Um, he runs a store called uh, Megan Turbo, That's our store out in Porirua in Wellington. Um, and then we have our 12-week-old, Little Miss Parker um and we have two dogs and two cats
0: (laughs) yeah awesome cool Harper's so beautiful I love following you on Instagram she's very cute I think she's pretty cute too (laughs) (laughs) awesome and do you want to tell us what the journey to pregnancy was like for you guys
1: yeah sure so um it was quite a long journey I guess um so we got married in February 2016 um and pretty much straight after we got married I came off the pill because i had been on it for a while and we knew we wanted to have a family at some stage but we weren't quite ready just then but I came off it just so that you know my cycle could I'd heard it takes a long time for it to get back to normal and all that so um, we were just being I guess careful for a while and then sort of towards the end of the year we decided we'll just see what happens um, and I actually got pregnant that month Um but unfortunately, I had what's called a mis- miscarriage. So we went in for our first scan, which was at six weeks, I think, six and a half weeks. And there was a little heartbeat and it was all looking okay. And then we went in for our next scan and there was no heartbeat and the baby had stopped growing at maybe eight weeks. So yeah. um that was really hard. Um We, well, I had to have a DMC. So yeah, and then from there, we kind of, uh, we're on and off trying, just not really using any protection, um, and it took a really long time for us to fall pregnant again. So I think we got pregnant in like May two thousand and eighteen, so that's a little while later. Um, and I had another miscarriage, but it was a natural miscarriage this time, so that was again really hard um, and disappointing. Um, so then after that, because it took us so long to get pregnant. Um, we decided to go and see fertility associates in Wellington. Yeah. So um, we went and saw them and like all the testing and all that kind of stuff, and everything basically came back saying there was no reason why we weren't fully pregnant. Um, they also wouldn't do testing for recurrent miscarriage until you had a third miscarriage. So mm-hmm. we didn't do any testing for that, which was a bit frustrating because obviously, you know, we don't want it to happen again. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so we did uh, letrozole, which is kind of, I think it's the same as Clomid. So it just helps ovulate, helps, helps it get going and all that kind of stuff. So we did like five cycles of that. Um, and in between all that, we were like doing all the things, you know, all the things that Google says to do and we were seeing a naturopath and taking all the vitamins and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so we did a few cycles of Letrozole, um and they didn't really help. And then um we went, after we'd done those cycles, we were finally able to go on the wait list for IVF. So you have to, like, basically tick a whole lot of boxes to then go on a wait list to get funding for IVF. It's so expensive. Um, and yeah, we went on the wait list for that, which I think it's like a year to two years wait in Wellington. Um, So we decided that in the meantime we would try a round of what's called IUI, so basically where they track your cycle and at the right time they basically grab the little spermies and they put them right up there and hope that it's going to do the right thing. Um, So we did that in, I think it was like May or June of last year Um, and that didn't work unfortunately. So after that didn't work we kind of thought okay we'll just wait until we get the funding for IVF like you know well, maybe it'll work when we do IVF so yeah we kind of just as to say relaxed which everyone tells <laughs> you to do
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. um yeah so I was like I think I was like having a glass of wine like every night I was like this is great like don't have to <laughs> worry <laughs> and um then the next month my period was late. <laughs> I actually got pregnant that month. So, yeah. Yeah. And that was the one that stuck.
0: Yeah. Crazy. And I hope this isn't offensive, but how old were you sort of when you had all of these um, unexplained infertility issues?
1: Yeah. No. Um, so, when we got married, I was 23, I think. Yeah. Turning uh, 23. So, yeah. So, I mean, young. We're both young. And yeah. 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 You know, so it's not I know a lot of people say you know when you kind of get older it's the issues but we had them and we were we kind of just thought it was going to happen because we were young and we were healthy and there's nothing wrong with us so yeah I was about 23 when we kind of started trying so
0: yeah yeah and with the electrozole and IUI were you having to pay for that or is that publicly funded
1: yeah so um we paid for the IUI I can't remember the letrozole. I don't even, I don't even think it was very much, but we paid for yeah. obviously the appointments and stuff, which is quite expensive. And we had like scans and things like that. So um we sort of, they said, I think when you go on the, you can either choose to go on the waitlist for IVF or do IUI. So I think you get like three rounds of IUI or you get two rounds of IVF or st- something like that. Anyway, And right. so we thought IVF would be kind of like more of a sure thing and we'd be happy to pay for one round of IUI. And I think it was like somewhere in between, the- somewhere like $1,500 so I mean it's not cheap yeah still yeah um but we were kind of happy to do sort of one round or two rounds while waiting for five years but yeah so that's not
0: yeah yeah okay awesome and what was the sort of um feeling when you found out that you were pregnant how did you find out do you just sort of think oh I'm late for my period I could be pregnant or were there other symptoms
1: uh I didn't really have any symptoms I my husband just said, Oh, when, when are you due for a period? And I said, Oh, today, but hasn't arrived. But, you know, this has happened a couple of times before and we've got excited. So don't worry, it'll be here tomorrow. And I said, If it's not here tomorrow, I'll buy a test and then the day after I'll take it. And like I went to work and then after work, I bought the test and I got home and I couldn't wait for the next day, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so I took the test. Um, and it, the line came up straight away and I was like, waiting for Jamie I called him and I was like hey when are you getting home and he was like oh I'm just finishing up now so I'll leave soon and because I didn't want to tell him over the phone I wanted to tell him in person and then um I think like an hour went by and I was like where is he and then I called him again and he was like oh sorry I was just having a beer with the the boys from work Mm -hmm. I'm just leaving now and I was like oh my god (laughs) please hurry up and get home (laughs) so yeah uh, when he got home, I pretty much just like shoved the pregnancy test with his face because like, I told you it would happen <laughs> now that we've stopped trying. And yeah, we were so excited, but also obviously really nervous and kind of taking each day as it sort of came and every sort of milestone, yeah. you know, every week it was nothing had happened that was scary. So yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and how did you sort of find going to those scans after having two miscarriages? I can imagine it's a bit anxiety-inducing sort of knowing that that could happen again. So how were your feelings sort of towards those early scans?
1: Yeah, Um. so we actually went with an obstetrician so we could get more scans. So we yeah. had like an early dating scan and things like that. Um. And then I think we had, because of the miscarriage, we told them like that we'd had two. And they were happy to do sort of extra scans in those early days. So it yes. was, I was so, 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 so nervous every scan we went through. And I um, made Jamie come with me because I didn't want something to happen while I was there because obviously, yeah. you know, with a mis- miscarriage, you don't really know. Um, so if Jamie couldn't come with me, we'd just opened our business sort of a few couple of months before. So he was really busy. So if he didn't come with me, then one of my parents did so I made sure that someone was with me, and yeah, it was really scary, but um, it was really reassuring having all those early scans, especially.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure, and what was your sort of pregnancy experience like from there? Did you have many symptoms throughout your second and third trimesters that were of note, apart from getting a big baby bump?
1: Uh, No, I just had, in the first trimester, I had the, you know, the usual all-day sickness, so I just yeah. felt hungover pretty much all day, every day. Um, mm. And I was really tired as well on the first trimester. I remember, like, I would get home from work and I'd pretty much just, like, shove a cracker in my mouth and then go to bed and that's it. Yeah. But once that kind of stopped, I think it stopped at about 14 weeks. And once that had stopped, I loved being pregnant. Like, yeah, you know, I just loved my growing belly and, like, showing it off and – yeah, I just really loved being pregnant and, like, feeling her move and all of that. So I was really lucky, yeah. like, basically right up, maybe a week or two before I started to feel uncomfortable and, you know, get all those aches and pains. But other than that, I, like, I absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah, awesome. And did you do the sort of standard testing and find out the sex and everything like that?
1: Yeah, so we did the, um, what's it called, the blood test, the early one. Um, oh, the...
0: N-I-P-T or Illuminati, one of them.
1: Yeah, the N-I-P-T one. So we did that at, uh, I think we did it at 10 weeks. So we found out that we were having a little girl at 10 weeks. So that was really interesting. Um, Yeah. And we did, yeah, all of the sort of standard testing, like the diabetes test and all that kind of stuff. We did all of that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And did you do that test through your obstetrician, the N-I-P-T? Yeah. 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 Cool. Awesome. Cool. And did you go to any antenatal classes or do any sort of birth education before your labour?
1: Yeah, we did. So we just did like the standard antenatal class, which was, I think it was for six weeks, one day after work for like two hours. And I did half of them by myself (laughs) because (laughs) Jamie was so busy at work that um, there were a few times where he couldn't come. He He really didn't want to do them at first anyway. He was like, We've got friends who've got babies. I don't need any more friends. And I was like, well, it's more for me. And you know, you could learn a few things. And um, he came to, I think, like the first three, and he was—he actually learned so much. Because he was like, oh, I thought you're going to go into labour, and we're going to be like, oh my god, quit run to the hospital. <laughs> so he—he <laughs> he learned quite a bit, <laughs> which was good. So I think it was really good for him to come to those ones. Um, but yeah, then I did yeah. a few of them by myself and. Yeah, it was good to um, meet a few people, and there was a, a little bit of things that I learned, but I basically learned from your podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I listened to pretty much every episode of your podcast <laughs> beforehand, which definitely prepared me and helped me. Um, yeah. And then I also kind of did a little bit of research into like hypnobirthing and all that kind of stuff, um, but not yeah. too much, just kind of watch a few YouTube videos and listen to a couple of podcasts
0: yeah awesome yeah. cool. and did you have much of a birth plan with the obstetrician or what was the sort of talk around what your birth might look like with your obstetrician uh
1: I didn't myself I didn't really I went into it thinking to not have a birth plan because I told that you know anything can happen and it can all sort of change so I was open to anything really um but I thought maybe when I went in I'd like you know try the gas and then I really need an I'd try that, but um other I didn't really have any sort of preference. But um yeah. with my obstetrician we had early on, I think at about twenty eight weeks, um, we had found out that uh Harper was growing on the smaller side, so she was like in the fifth percentile. She was still growing like at the rate that you should every week, but she was just really small. So she had yeah. kind of warned us from then that we would potentially be having her Little bit early and probably being juiced. So, once I found out about that, we're probably being induced I did like all the research into being induced and like <laughs> listened to all of your podcasts that were about being induced and all that. So, but yeah, I didn't yeah. really have a birth plan. I thought originally that maybe I'd like to, um, you know, have a water birth and all that kind of stuff, but that
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And did you do anything sort of in preparation for birth in terms of like antenatal expressing or drinking the teas or perennial massage? You know, there's like a hundred different things yeah. you can find on Google that would tell you to do. So did you try any of those before your labour?
1: Pretty much all of them. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> cause we, we've been like scheduled for an induction date. So, um, from, from about 37 weeks, because I knew I was going to have her about 38 weeks. I started to do like all of the things, you know, like you said, the tea, bouncing on the ball, like acupuncture, just everything. Cause I really wanted to go into labor naturally because I'd heard that being induced was really intense and I was a bit scared about that. So I'd literally tried everything, <laughs> but it didn't work in the end. <laughs> so I was like doing <laughs> everything, like listening to everything on your podcast. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. And do you want to take us through your induction then and sort of how that started and then progressed from there?
1: Yeah. So um on the Monday we had a scan. Um, so we went in for our scan and we went in and she did a scan and she said, Oh, the flu- the fluid in there is a little bit low, so yeah, let's she and she's on the smaller side, so let's book in a date. So she was like, How does Thursday sounds?" And I was like, Yep, okay. I was going to be 38 weeks on the Thursday, I think. So we booked it in. Um, and she did a stretch and sweep as well on that day. And she said I was already one and a half centimetres dilated. And it was fine. I was like, yeah, let's get this going. Um, and then, so yeah, we would booked in for the Thursday. And then on the Wednesday, I went to acupuncture in the morning. Um, and I told her that we had booked in the date. So she did the session, which wasn't her... Um, naturally induced me. Um, so that was quite good. I had seen her a couple of times previous as well to so try you and know, help bring on labour. um And then on that afternoon, I lost my message which was I was so excited about because I thought, <laughs> yeah, might go into labour overnight instead of getting induced tomorrow morning. Um, so I was like, to don't it might happen tonight, even though I knew that it could take like a couple of weeks so it didn't happen and uh we got up so then yeah on the thursday we got up and drove into the hospital and we had my sister with us so i was going to have jamie and my sister there at the birth um me and my sister were quite close so, and i really wanted her there because she's quite like calm and helpful. um so yeah we drove into the hospital at seven i think and then when i got there met my midwife um, so you get a midwife as well with the obstetrician, um and then the object came in and saw me and she um checked me and i was two centimeters dilated and then they put the gel in so we had the gel um what i kind found was like a little bit stinging <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know yeah it just felt weird and it, yeah but um so they kind of said like go for a walk go grab a coffee and like maybe something will start happening in the next few hours. So we did that. It was kind of like a bit boring, really. Um, (laughs) Especially for my husband and my sister. Like, they were just sitting on the chair, um, not doing much. Um, And then the obstetrician came back at about one o'clock and checked me again. And I was still only two centimetres, which I was so disappointed about. Mm,
0: Um,
1: And like, just before she came to check i kind of felt like a couple of like things, i guess but not much um and then they were talking about breaking my borders and starting this in person to get it all started so once she said that i kind of said okay so how long will it take for me to get an epidural because i'd like listened to a podcast and stuff and heard that if you request one it could take like two or three hours or even longer yeah um so yeah, she had said we're not sure, but if you want one, let's just basically like, order one now. So I was like, okay, let's do that. Um, and then so yeah, they broke my borders and started the and they also attached the, the little string to the baby's hip. So to is it to keep the heart rate? To keep the heart rate.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So they did that, and the contractions basically like started straight away. So I was so glad that I ordered these as well. Um, so the anesthetist got there, uh, probably about an hour and a half later, uh, um, yeah. and put the epidural in. Uh, I think it took him a few goes. He took quite a while, and like, my husband started to kind of turn white <laughs> 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 while he was watching him put the needle into me. Um, so he gave it like three or four goes of getting it in, but he got it in and then kind of started kicking in at, uh, I don't know like 2 30 or something um yeah once i got that i was like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> i had a little nap and like i was able to kind of relax which was really nice um and then uh it, i think four to six six o'clock the obstetrician came back and checked me um and she said that I'd only gone to three centimeters. So I'd gone from two to three centimeters that whole time. I was so disappointed. Um, so I felt like it was, you know, a long time in labor. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so she'd kind of said to me she was going to come back at about 10. And if nothing had sort of progressed from there, then we'd probably look at getting a C section. Um, which I was. I mean, I had no expectations. I knew, like, obviously, we had to get the baby out, but I was just kind of like a bit annoyed because I was like, oh, if we're going to have a C-section, we could have just done this at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 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 and my baby would be here already. Um, but yeah, so then she came, uh, and then, so at about eight o'clock, it, I decided to change my position. So I was lying down because so you have to be lying down when you have nepidural. An um, and they had the monitor on. Um, the baby and things like that and I wanted to sit up so I sat up and then um, the baby's heart rate completely dropped and then I lay back down and it froze back up uh, and the midwife said um, she looked a bit concerned what made me concerned and she just said if her heart rate doesn't sort, of sort itself out in the next 20 minutes we'll go on for a C-section basically straight away so she called the obstetrician then came in um and they were basically going to prepare for a cesarean um but she said I'll just check you and she checked me and she she said oh my god the baby's head is right there (laughs) (laughs) um that's why her heart rate is not okay um so yeah so I was fully dilated and she was pretty much like all right we're ready to go um Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) she said she actually grabbed my sister and my husband. She's like, Look, 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 it's the head's right there and it was like, she had a full set of hair. Oh, and <laughs> so wow. I was like crazy. Yeah. She was like, Oh my god, your baby has so much hair. So I told and I told my husband as well, not look because he's really bad in hospitals. Like, very, very bad. Um <laughs> but he looked and he was fine and he, he basically like, watched the whole birth as well, which was I was very surprised by considering he couldn't even handle the needle going into me when I got the needle. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so then 20 minutes of pushing and she came out and she was born.
0: Yeah, amazing. And was she popped up onto your chest?
1: Yeah, yeah. She was popped up onto my chest straight away. She started crying straight away, which was great. Um, and then did the delayed cord, same thing as well. Um, yeah. And she was tiny, so she was 2.4 kg. She was really little.
0: Or oh, little wee bubba. <laughs> Yeah,
1: She was very little.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. And did you need any stitches or anything like that?
1: No, no, no. So um, the obstetrician basically was like, that was like the perfect birth. You just, you kind of just came out and you have no <laughs> stitches. She said, I think, she said I had a slight fear, um, but I didn't need any stitches or anything like that I think the she was so tiny
0: yeah yeah awesome cool and what sort of happened from there were you planning to stay in hospital for a little while or what was that like
1: yeah so um kind of kind felt of like it was stuck a blur like I remember when they were about to cut her cord and I was like she hasn't been on my chest for long enough and they were like yeah she has she's been on the <laughs> I was like yeah. are you sure um but yeah the nurse brought me some. And toast or a Milo and toast, which was so nice, and then um, we basically had to wait for a room to be available, which didn't take very long. I think it took like half an hour or so. Um, and we were really lucky that we got a single room, so we didn't have to share, which meant that Jamie could stay as well. So we ended up staying for three nights.
0: Yeah, awesome. Cool. And how did you go with latching on initially?
1: Um, so all such a blur, but I remember they tried to put her on, and she kind of like had a little suckle, but not really. She wasn't really interested in feeding. Um, and then yeah, when I got back to the room, they um, I expressed some um, because she was so little, she wasn't really latching on. Um, and I yeah. didn't have like I had hardly anything there, so like I remember I tried a few days before to get some of the clogging out beforehand, and there was just like nothing coming out. So, um. I had a little bit there and I fed it to her in the um the syringes, but um yeah, there was nothing really much coming out. So um, I think the next day, because I gave birth to her at like nine o'clock at night, the next day I then asked them, I said, can I have some formula? Because I wasn't, she wasn't able to feed on anything. So um they gave me some formula and she was on formula um for basically the whole time we were in hospital. And I was trying, as well as a little, what little sort of, foster my time get out so yeah and I was using the um the breast pump in the hospital to try and kind of start getting
0: my milk coming as well yeah. yeah yeah awesome and how long did you end up staying there before you went home
1: uh so we stayed there three nights
0: yeah cool and what was that experience like taking your newborn baby home and obviously your whole lives have changed so how did you find those first few days at home and what was that like
1: yeah it's pretty surreal really like I was yeah, like, I'm sure I can take this baby home. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but no, we had my mum actually staying with us for the week, which was so nice. So we came home, like a cooked meal, and my mum was there to help us, which was so good. Um, I think like on the drive home, I sat in the back and I was like, "Slow down, you're going too fast." <laughs> I think every mum does that. But um, yeah. yeah, so it was it was really nice. Um, have my mum there a day day or two after we got home had a bit of like she had jaundice so had a bit of back and forth going to the hospital um just because she was so little they were a little bit concerned about the jaundice so
0: yeah we
1: we went in basically for a blood test every day just to check the levels of the jaundice was going down and it kept going down and then back half went down um and we were going to get admitted to the hospital once they end up so that was quite stressful like being out of the hospital and then having go back in so often yeah um but we we kept that and fed her and like flushed the taunt about which was good but um I did kind of get a little bit of a baby blue maybe like the day or two after we got home I remember I, was, I went to the toilet and I started crying on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> and I came out of the bathroom and I was just like bawling my eyes out and my mum and Jamie were like wrong and I was like I just don't know (laughs) I don't know why I'm crying and I just couldn't stop crying but I was just like I think it was just everything was so overwhelming like coming home with a little baby and then I think just the the worry that you get being a new parent you're like oh my gosh like I have this little human and what if something happens to her and I also was really sad that like I I I didn't know if I was going to be able to have the same kind of birth again because I really loved my birth and just it was amazing and i just said to jamie like i don't know if i'll ever experience it again and like i had all these emotions and i couldn't stop crying for like ages (laughs) but um yeah it's just all the hormones are crazy when you get home but that luckily that feeling kind of passed after a day or two so i'm really really glad that that passed because it was very exhausting being that crazy
0: yeah, I think it's, um, there's probably a lot of people out there that will listen and resonate with you. And I know that I definitely do. It's one of those things where you sort of don't realize it at the time, but you're like crying and you're a mess and everyone's thinking like, what can I do to yeah. help you? And there's just nothing, nothing that anyone can do. And it, you just have to, yeah, sort of ride it out. And if it is just the baby blues and it usually passes after a couple of days, but now I can definitely resonate yeah. with you there. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you go with your breastfeeding journey from there? What was that like?
1: Oh, so that was a bit of a journey. We, when we were in hospital, when we were, we were still trying to latch her on and things. Um, but because she was so little, they gave me a nipple shield, so she was latching onto that. Um, and basically, we used the nipple shield the whole time. Um, yep. And because then, of course, lockdown happened. I think it was two weeks after she was born. So. My midwife had planned to help me sort of get her off the nipple shield and get her straight on the nipple, but I didn't see her. So that was really hard. So I just continued with the nipple shield. Um, and then when she was about two and a half months, we put her on a bottle because she had a few like upset, a couple of days where she was really upset. And I, we had been topping her up occasionally with formula and I wondered if it was the formula. So, you know, always a trial and error with babies. So we yeah put her on a bottle for a whole day of formula. or well, it may, might have been a, two days actually. Anyway, she turned out it wasn't the formula, she was fine. Um, but after that she then wouldn't get back on my boob. She only wanted a bottle. And mm. so I just decided to express and give her the bottle. Um and keep kind of kinda of tried her on the boob every now and then. But I basically would just like express and gave her the bottle. Um so yeah I was she wouldn't take the bird again, which was really hard, and then yeah. probably maybe about two weeks ago, I decided that I wanted to get her back on and give it a go. So I really enjoyed breastfeeding, I loved doing it, and I didn't kind of I kept going back and forth, like, oh like, no, we'll just do a bottle. And then one next day, I was like, no, I'm not giving up breastfeeding, I'm gonna get her back on. <laughs> so <laughs> I tried. Um, I had my sister in law actually, she's had three kids too experience she helped me and we had a little bit of success but literally every time I would just put the boob on her mouth she would scream and so it was very stressful for me and for her as well. Um yeah. I even had a lactation consultant come and see us and she couldn't help. Like she when she was here we couldn't get a lap and she pretty much just said your baby's really stubborn and you're just gonna have to be <laughs> with it and trying different things if you wanna breastfeed. Um, so I tried for a, a week or so, and she just screamed and screamed, and then I'd give her the bottle, and she'd be fine. So I I made the decision maybe about a week ago to just move to a bottle full time because yeah, that's just there's other things that are stressful about being a mum. I don't want like to have that extra stress on me. So yeah, yeah, I was a little bit sad about that, but I definitely now it's the right decision for us and. There's so much more content now, and um, I am still, so I'm still doing feeding, so I'll express maybe two or three times a day, and she'll have a few bottles from that, and then she'll have formula as well. So, yeah, it's been been a bit of a journey, and I don't think, like, many people, I know people on your podcast talk about it, but, like, other people don't really say how hard it's going to be.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah, but I'm definitely glad that we've made the decision now to go to a bottle full
0: yeah yeah no I think it's um yeah breastfeeding is one of those things that you really don't know what it's like until you do it and just nobody can explain it to you (laughs) um yeah so I can definitely resonate with that and the pumping as well can also be exhausting and then if you've got a baby who just just doesn't want to take the breast it's yeah it is just such a hard thing to do and such a toll on your mental health so absolutely think that you've done the right thing there
1: yeah totally I I mean I I did the expressing for two weeks and it kind of like, I'd feed, I'd feed her the bottles, go to sleep, I'd quickly eat something, I'd pump, and then she'd be awake. So it was like, I yeah. had no time to do it yeah. myself or to do anything else. And it's just, I just don't, don't think that it's, it's, I'm able to do it for, you know, that long. So yeah, so I'm going to see how long I can do mixed feeding for, but um, yeah, I just think as long as people need to know, as long as your baby is fed, that's okay.
0: For sure. Yeah, 100% uh, massive advocate for that. Awesome. And what was your um physical recovery like from birth?
1: Um, I was really surprised it was really good. Like, you know, obviously that first time going to toilet is really scary. Um (laughs) but to be absolutely honest, I know people are probably gonna hate me, but I didn't feel any sort of pain. Um, or have any pain or anything apart from like the um afterwards and things like that. But everything down there was all all working and all felt normal, which I was so grateful for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And has your pet did you get regular periods before you were have before you were pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. You did? Yeah. And has that come back yet?
1: Not yet. (laughs) I'm waiting (laughs) for it to come back, I'm like some stage, surely.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things I think after pregnancy that you're like, hmm, I don't remember what it was like to have that, but but I know it's going to be coming back sometime soon.
1: I know it's been so long. I'm like, I kind of don't want it to come back, but yeah, it will. Yeah.
0: Bad. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Evie, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I think it's one that yeah, people will find really interesting and it's not something that we often talk about, sort of that unexplained infertility early on um, in your yeah. 20s. So thank you very much for coming on and sharing with us. I think you've got an important story to share, so I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to share my story.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I'd like to say another huge thank you to Little World for sponsoring this episode. It's a big world out there and Little World protects your little one's skin. Check out their website www.littleworldnz.com and receive 20% off when you use the code KiwiBirthTales20 at checkout along with free shipping New Zealand wide for a limited time only. Also, enter our giveaway via the Instagram page to win an Essentials gift set worth $79.95. Thank you so much, Little World, for sponsoring this episode.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.